Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your grace and your generosity over our lives and how you gave your life for us. We thank you this morning that we can be in this place to lift up holy hands and worship you and, and to praise you, to draw near to you, to give to you, but also to receive from you. And Lord, as we've said this morning, Lord, we just come to you. We call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, over every area of our lives, Lord, where we need grace, where we need your peace, where we need your comfort, we thank you, Lord, that we can call upon your name. Lord, this morning as we open up your word, we thank you that you will speak to us through it. May we have open hearts to hear what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Very cool. All right, just quick reset now. We're, we're, in the, um, we're on the third week of doing a series called Beyond Blessed. I feel like there was a lot of Beyond Blessed this morning. Um, in the presence of God and the worship, but also in the generosity of heart around, um, around getting young people to, the, to, to shout as well. But the, 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 in Genesis chapter 12, in the New King James Version, uh, this is the only New King James Version um, scripture I'll use this morning. The rest will come from the New Living Translation. But it says this, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country from, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. So there's this promise from, from the Lord to Abraham. He's saying, hey, would you go and do this? I'm asking you to do this. Get out of your country, uh, from your family. Go to an, a new land that I will show you. And the promise that the Lord gives to Abraham, he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Three promises right there from from, from the Lord to Abraham. But it, then it says, the last line it says, and you shall be a blessing. Everything that God has placed in our hands, we get to steward. We don't own it. Everything that God has brought into our life, we steward it. Why? So that we can continue to be a blessing to all of the people that are around us. This morning, I pray that we would be a, a blessing to more people, to a blessing to our neighborhoods, a blessing to our workplaces, a blessing. You know, often we live in a world that, that is a challenge. Sometimes there's negative people, there's negative stuff, but our job is to go, Lord, how can we be a blessing? How can I be a blessing? And I pray that's our heart as we continue to learn and grow and, and lean into this series called Beyond Blessed. Our, our total response is that we should be a blessing. And so this morning, I want to also sh just share from a few other scriptures and around. And if you grab your Bibles, scroll up, to, um, swipe to whatever. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. You good? You there? It says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? 
who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that needs to be paid back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is extended for his glory. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And so, because we keep reading through the numbers, Romans 12 now. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Uh, often we read those parts of those bits of scripture separate because we we're, we're just attached to numbers. We're attached to reading Romans 11 or Romans chapter 12 and sometimes but I, I think it's a real important that we understand how the Bible flows together. The Bible was broken up a long time ago with someone put numbers into it to help us refer to references. But look at this amazing scriptures for who can? Know the Lord's thoughts. That's a great question. Who? Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough and, uh, to give the Lord advice? Probably, probably, probably no one. And, and who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? There's, for everything comes from him, exists by his power, and is to extend for his glory. And then, and then it goes into this Romans 12 passage which maybe you've heard before maybe you've heard it a number of times about give, give, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable we've heard the scripture a number of times it says you know don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way we think and I'll come back to it but um you know, if, if you go to Google and um, you write in a search topic, um, let's, let's, someone throw me a search topic. Flowers. Where can I buy flowers for my favorite mother-in-law in Dunedin? All right. And push search. All right. Where can I buy flowers for my favorite mother-in-law in Dunedin? Push search. Something comes up straight away. Do you know it takes nine seconds from when that, the, the results come up for someone to scroll down and then click on the next link? Average nine seconds. So you, we live in a world of information. We have information at the tips of our fingers. If you all have a smartphone, literally it, you could write something in. And within about 15 seconds, you could be scrolling and finding the answer that you want. One of the things that happens with, with information, the era that we live in right now, is all your devices are connected and, the, and Google sells your search information. And so let, I'll just be honest, I'll use this. I've been looking at holidays in Fiji. <laughs> right? Holidays in Fiji. So now I've, and then I was looking, um, I was doing some preparation work for my message, and I'm on Bible Gateway. 
And on the left-hand column, there's an advert, Fiji holidays. Like, I'm trying to study the Word of God here. And there's this advert, Fiji holidays. And what do I do? I click on it. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a cool resort. And then I'm like, okay, which ones are near golf courses? Which ones are near, which ones are great for teenagers? Which one, and, and so you, you start, suddenly you start going down this information era and you start uh, getting all this information coming at you. But here's this, this, the, the challenges. It says in Romans chapter five, uh, 12, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Have you ever been asked a question? Yes, you have. How do, you, how do you answer? Well, I think we should do it this way, right? It, we, all, we have an opinion. Yes, nudge someone if you know that they have an opinion. Everyone should be nudged. Don't nudge them if you think they're opinionated, but we all have an opinion. There's a little, okay. <laughs> but we all have an opinion. And we all come back with, I think this, or I think that. Well, well, how did you get to that thinking process? Like, like with the Google search stuff, I, I think, oh, I was, just, I was just thinking about Fiji holidays. Now I'm thinking about a certain resort on a certain island that has golf, golf courses and lots of activities for teenagers and a spa to, so that my wife can go and have a massage or something like that. And, and so, so what started is just a, an idea Everyone, like lots of opinions, lots of ads, lots of information started coming at me. And this is what happens with all of us in life. And we've got to be really, really careful of what we let into our heart. We've got to be really careful because your soul is fertile. All of, your, all of our souls are fertile. Whatever goes into our heart will grow. If you've been disappointed, offended, it grows. We meditate on it. We think about it. Suddenly you think you get to a place where, how did I get so angry? Well, just because it grows. And it, and it hurts. Sometimes it hurts. And you've got to go through a process where you go, okay, you come to God and he works it out because he call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. But lots of stuff goes in. But So this morning when we're talking about Beyond Blessed, um, I'm, I am wanting to challenge our way of thinking sometimes. Um, you know, we have this, I think, or I've been listening to this latest podcast or this latest this or listening to music. Who knows that listening to music definitely changes the way you think? Oh, I've actually, I've started listening to concert radio. That's amazing. Concert radio. A little, op- like I even start talking to Roland about it. I'm like, they use all these fancy words. I've got no idea what they're talking about. But it, like it just, it just brings peace. Yeah. You know, worship music brings peace. Yeah. You, know, you know, listening to some of the rock radio or something like that, it doesn't always bring peace. Yeah. Winds you up a little bit. But what you, what you, be careful what you listen to. Be really careful. But that's not just music. It's about like podcasts and information. And, you know, you know we, I don't think so... Here's, why am I so passionate about 
the way we think this morning because it's all about God's wanting to transform the way we think. If he didn't want to transform the way we think, he wouldn't have written it in the Bible. <laughs> if, we, if we thought we had it all together, he would have just said to Jesus, now just hang out here. You don't need to go down and save the world. We don't have it all together. We don't know everything. I hope that's not an epiphany. <laughs> wow, I, knew every, I know everything. No, we don't. We need to always just stay teachable and humble. But the Lord is here, and this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, which then equals, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Who wants to know? Like, I get asked all the time, Desiree gets asked all the time, I just want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, have you asked Him? Go to God, ask God. Then you'll know the know that God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for your life is good and pleasing and perfect. Well, sometimes I don't like going through this track. You know, God's will for for the children of Israel led them out of, of Egypt through the Red Sea. Amazing miracle, got to the wilderness and then wandered for 40 years before only two actually went into the promised land. And, and here's the thing, if you read through Deuteronomy, you read through other um, writings of Moses later on, it was, it was God was dealing with the children of Israel, learning how to get, change the way they were thinking because he needed them to get to a place where they could inhabit the promised land with a good and pleasing and perfect way of life. See, we get asked, well, what do you think about this? I reckon a good, good thing, a good, good, good response is to ask in our head, well, what does God think about it? How would God want me to respond to this situation? What does God's word say about this? You know, see, our soul's super fertile, and I want to, I want to, the Bible says to guard your heart above all else. For out of it flows the issues of life. When suddenly we don't guard our heart and we just start letting information be shared. And we start talking about stuff and, and just stuff that's not biblical starts getting in. And we start listening to that and we start listening to this. And suddenly we, we come further and further away from what God has for us, but I want to encourage you always, always go back to the Word of God. Always go back to His presence and His love. You know, we've got to, we've got to go back to His Word, His presence. We've got to go back to His faith, His hope, His love, His promises, His grace, His patterns. We've got to go back to the way that God wants us to and to learn how to te- live in His slipstream, as I talked about last week. You know. It's a challenge because we all have a level of pride, right? Yeah, we do. I'll put my hand up. We all have a level of arrogance. I'll keep putting my hand up. As I'm talking to myself, I'm not excluding myself here. We all have this level of like self-insecurities. 
we have this self-defensive sort of, you know, you know, you know and all that sort of stuff. But here's the thing is you can let God transform you by letting him renew your mind. You can become more, more confident and more solid in him this morning. I want to I wanna just share a, um, a couple of scriptures before we move on to an example that I think Jesus wants to teach or taught his disciples to. In 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6, I don't actually think I even told you what I was talking about this morning. Beyond blessed is, is this morning is around obedience to God. We've got to learn how to get our lives in obedience to the Lord, obedience to the word of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 6, it says, And King Jotham became powerful because he was careful to live in obedience to the to to the Lord his God. He was careful. He wasn't flippant. He wasn't familiar. He was careful to live in obedience. Who loves the word obedience? Didn't think so. Right. <laughs> First Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the offerings of the fat of rams. Now, obedience is really important. I don't shoot the messenger this morning, because I know there's areas of uh, in my life I've got to learn how to obey God. Or maybe I've even got to learn how to obey the road rules a little bit more. Anyone else with me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're on the same page. But obedience is there to protect us, right? When, when God has the best for us, He says, hey, look, I've got the best. Why? Because it's good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. All right, let's keep going. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, a call to love and obedience. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases Him and love Him and serve Him with all your heart and soul. You know, when we want to live a life beyond blessed, I think there's a great challenge, a great opportunity to live in obedience to the Lord. Live in the principles of God. Live trusting Him with all our heart. This, The example I wanted to share with you this morning is a well-known story in the Bible, and it's out of Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read it, and it's actually recorded in all of the Gospels. It's, it's the one only event, I think, that's recorded in all of the Gospels. And it's the feeding of the 5,000. Who likes the feeding of the 5,000? Any, any, any area that had food involved in it, I like. And it, it, this, there's this feeding of the 5,000. Scholars will say you can pretty much times it um, by about five. Because the average family was a husband, wife, and generally around about four children so you could times five by five i think if my math is correct and so there's a lot of people a lot of lunch and as soon as jesus heard the news he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone but the crowds uh, crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from from many towns jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them he healed their their sick that evening the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy food for themselves. 
But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked, looked towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. You know, let's just, let's just go through this in a, in, a, in a social sort of way this morning. We got Jesus who gets out of the boat and he's, there's a whole lot of people wanting to come near him, a whole lot of people wanting to get close to him, to listen to him, to, to maybe they're bringing people to be healed. And, he, and, and his, first, his first instant, which we hear, which we can look at right now, it says that he had compassion on them. You know, when we're called to live a life beyond blessed, out of obedience, when, when has the Holy Spirit prompted you to have compassion on someone? Uh, I, I go through the, um, you know, sometimes I get stuck in the, the reel of dooms on, on Facebook and you go through and you just see a whole lot of things and you're like, why am I watching this rubbish? Um, but there was one where a pastor dressed up as a homeless person and sat not quite outside the church, but just down the road a little bit. And, he, and there's this, uh, there's, what happens is it just shows, and as essentially the, the, the homeless person, which was dressed up, the pastor dressed up, came into the church and walked down the front and, and actually walked onto the stage and took off the disguise. And, and, uh, and it, was really, it was really, really cool because the pastor was, was lost for words because of the way that he was treated. He was, he was treated so amazingly. A lot of the people were taking out food, coffees, praying for him. Now, they didn't know who he was. It wasn't a setup. It was just people overflowing beyond blessed, taking an opportunity of obedience when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you know, why don't you just go and be generous? Why don't you go be kind? Why don't you go and serve that person? Take something to them. Like this person was offered lots of things, more than just food, clothing. There was this, there's this, this compassion. I really believe living a life of beyond blessed is learning how to think like Jesus. We had those, those bands years and years and years ago, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I reckon that, that's great. But maybe I, we should have one WWJT. What would Jesus think? Because a lot of the times we can have lots of conversations that don't need actions. But we could think a little bit more kinder. We could think a little bit more clearer. We could be, think a little bit more patient. We could think a little bit more gentle. We can think a little bit more generous. Is this all right? So there's, he, he had compassion on them and he healed the sick. That evening the disciples came. So we've got disciples learning how to think. And the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. How, what are they thinking about? They're thinking about is, is late, and he's like, hey, send the crowds away. This is the disciples' reaction. Send them away. Let's just get rid of them all. Send them away. And, and the motive behind it is good, right? Sort of. 
and so, so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But again, Jesus replies, he says, that's not necessary. He's challenging the way they're thinking. He's challenging their response. He's challenging their, the, the way that they're thinking. That is not, not necessarily, nece- that word, you feed them. Okay? You feed them. This is, this is like feeding everyone at a Highlanders game. More than hot chips and hot dogs. No, he said, you feed them. Uh, and this is the miraculous part of living as a Christian. We get to tap into how God thinks. We get to tap into his grace, his love, his miracles. We even get to tap into his resources. Jesus is challenging the disciples here. You feed them. Now, there genuinely has to be a miracle. There's no other option. There's no other answer. And in fact, John who uh, John, only records the boy who had the loaves and the fish. The, all, the other Gospels all record that they had loaves and fish. So whether they asked politely or stole, I don't know. But John's the only one who recorded that there was a boy who had some loaves and fish. But here is, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And then Jesus just says, bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and he blessed them. This is a massive, massive miracle. Am I, am I in the space of thinking that I, I could step into a miracle like that in this day and age? I don't know if I want to be in that space. That's a massive miracle. But who believes that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? God still wants to do massive miracles, but I guess it's whether we're transforming and letting God renew our mind. God still wants to do miracles. God still can do miracles. He took the five loaves and he looked up to heaven and he blessed them. See, living out of obedience, God will always receive. He'll always receive whatever you bring to him and he'll bless it. See, in the last couple of messages, we've talked about finances. We've talked about tithing, bringing the whole tithe, a tenth of our increase into the storehouse so that he may bless it and open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over you. His changing the way I, I think is living in obedience to that word. And I'm not putting a heavy on anything, but God can still do miracles. When he receives, he looks up to heaven and he blesses it. But then what does he do next? He actually he gave it back to the disciples to distribute. Can you imagine being Peter? He's like, okay, Lord, here we go. Yeah. And... Jesus breaks it in heart, gives it, and then the disciples are there, and they've got, I don't know how much they got. They come over, and they're like, hey, um, here, Ray, you go first. Just, just take a little bit. <laughs> no. 
Anna, you're next. Just, just, just hey, hold back a little bit. Just take a little, look, look, look at what we got. Look, look. And somehow, miraculously, somehow, miraculously, they were able to feed everyone there. And in fact, they all ate as much as they wanted out of bringing to the Lord, being obedient, trusting God. Here's the thing is, God, like, like Matthew 25, the master and the servants, God wants to trust us. He knows he can trust us. But we've got to renew and transform the way we think. It's not about our need all the time. He will clothe you. He'll feed you. He cares more about you than he cares about the sparrows. But it's more than that this morning. It's about living in obedience, getting a word from God. You know that boy? I wonder about the boy. Not much is spoken about the boy. You know? Did he, did he hear from God? You think, well, you know, did, did, he, did he know that this was going to be the situation? He was probably just on his way back from the village bringing dinner for his family. Mum and dad probably sent him off, came back, and then there was this massive, massive need, and, he, and he, I, I guess will, willingly he handed it over. But Jesus takes whatever we bring to him, whatever we give to him, and then he gives it back. To the, to, for the disciples to distribute it. And then the, the amazing thing is that they, all the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Essentially what I read into that is everyone was able to pick up leftovers. Everyone who was obedient, everyone who trusted God was able to pick up leftovers. I, I want to encourage us, you know, we can live beyond blessed. You can live beyond blessed. If you put some obedience in your life and trusting in God around your finances, around all of your life, you will live beyond blessed. You know, there's a desire there from Jesus. He had compassion on people. He knows the issues. He knows what's going on. He knows that we have the answers in our hand. He knows that he wants to do miracles in and through our lives. We read that scripture all the time in Ephesians 3.20. God can do immeasurably more than we could ask or think at work through the power of God within us. But sometimes we quote it wrong. God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. And we leave us out of it. No, it's, 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 we need to be in that picture. I want to encourage you. You can be in that picture. Worship team, if you can jump up, that'd be helpful. Everyone nice and warm this morning? Good. Very good. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Good and pleasing and perfect. I'll be the first put my hand up this morning to answer this question. Have you ever been annoyed at God? Have you ever been frustrated at God? Have you ever been disappointed at God? I'm putting my hands, you don't have to put your hands up, I'm putting mine up. Because I've been through all of those things. There might still be times where I still will be. 
because he loves the journey, he loves the relationship, he loves the grappling. But it's my job to let God transform my thinking. It's not my thinking trying to transform God's thinking. And we can live in a life of beyond blessed, but it does come down to us living in a life of obedience to God's Word. There's many, there's information overload in this world. You can go and you can go and thousands and thousands of commentaries will come up around um, the tithing versus not tithing. There'll be there's thousands and thousands of commentary will come up around generosity and giving or forgiveness and unforgiveness. Thousands of information will come up with about once saved, always saved versus living in the grace of God. Thousands of commentaries. And you can get information and information and information. But can I encourage you, let God transform your thinking. There's nothing wrong with doing research, please. But it's about letting God transform your thinking. And be careful what you let into your heart. Be careful what you let into your spirit because it will grow. It will grow. I've seen it time and time again how people just get some seed of some deception in it and it just grows and it takes them off on this really weird, weird angle. I'm like, no, come on, let God transform you. Let the Word of God transform you. Let the presence of God transform you. Let the promises of God transform you. So we're just going to pray over two areas. Why don't we, yeah, we can stand if that's okay. Two areas as we finish. God's will for you, which is, is good, is pleasing and perfect. But will you follow Him? Will you bring obedience? Will you? Principles. Life principles that if you adhere to will bring blessing into your life. And so what's the Lord talking to you about right now? I believe that the Lord can talk to every single person. What's He talking to you about? The Holy Spirit doesn't bring in condemnation, but He will bring in a conviction. Don't let the devil try and bring in condemnation. But let the Holy Spirit bring in conviction. Let the Holy Spirit bring in celebration. In the story of the parable of the servants, what was, what was the well done, good and faithful servant? I want to say in this room, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's continue to grow in God. Let's continue to trust in God, continue to put everything that we have in God. We can live a life beyond blessed out of obedience. And just for the next one minute, is there something God's wanting to transform the way that you think? Maybe you want to close your eyes. Spend some time with Him.
Jesus still does miracles. The Lord still does miracles. The Lord still wants to include you in those miracles. He wants you to be a part of distributing the blessing. You will have leftovers. You have a full basket of leftovers. You know the size of the basket that probably the disciples used? I did a little bit of research around it. and It was a equivalent to a, a, around, around about a hundred times more than what they would have, Jesus would have distributed them first. It was around about this large and the size of the bread, size of the fish. They're a hundredfold blessing. You can, I love the fact that we get to walk in the blessing but it comes from our trust and our obedience in God. Last scripture this morning, we're gonna finish and pray. Philippians chapter two, verse eight. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus shows, Jesus showed us that we can be obedient to the point where we lay down our lives. Like Jesus laid down his life. He laid his life down for you. He laid it down for me. And he went to the cross and took the penalty of our sin by dying on the cross. Three days later, he rose again from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's alive now. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live and dwell within us, to lead us, to walk with us and work with us. But it was Jesus' act of obedience. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the words of, not my will, but your will be done. Out of obedience to the Father, he gave his life for you and for me. Another scripture, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Okay. You know what the joy was set before him? You just need a mirror. Just have a look in the mirror. You're the joy set before him. You might be here this morning thinking, no, that's one ugly mirror. No, it's not. Man, he looked at you and he's like, man, you bring me joy. Man, you bring me joy. You know, inside you might be feeling ugly. You might be feeling down, you might be feeling on top of yourself, you're unworthy. Yeah, guess what? You are. We all are. We're all unworthy. But it was for the joy set before Him. He endured the cross. He gave up His life for you and for me. He took the penalty of our sin. And the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, He's faithful and just. For, to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. It brought great joy out of His obedience to die for you, to rise again, to take the penalty of yours and my sin. Friend, if you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never opened your heart and said, Jesus, I need you. 
The Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. We've all got sin in our lives and sin separates us from the presence of God. But Jesus died to pay the penalty of that. And now we can walk boldly into the presence of God because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. This morning, if you're here, you've never given your heart to Jesus, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you if you wanna be included in a prayer, I'm gonna pray. Maybe you've given your heart to Jesus before and you feel like you've walked away. That's okay. Jesus hasn't. It's still joyful for Him to see you coming like the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, where the father stood at the letterbox waiting to see his son returning to him. That's the same as God. It's the same as Jesus. He's waiting to see you return. Again, why? Because it's joyful. He was hum- Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died and rose again to take the penalty of our sin. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.